G'day humans, what's your word? Chris Funder here with you for another episode of Wrestling Hellstar, the weekly wrestling rap, but I'm not alone, I'm joined by my effervescent co-host, Fruity is Alex. How you going, Fruity? I got Corona! <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm all right. I um, caught COVID over the weekend, so so I don't care if the humans know that. That's all good. Yeah, we've been <laughs> um, there. We've done that. At least uh, yeah. you don't sound as sick as what I did when I had it. No, nah, I was horrible yesterday. I could barely talk yesterday. And I was like, oh, I was like contemplating cancelling recording today. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, nah, I wound up all right today. Thank God. Um, yeah, pretty much was in bed all day yesterday, in bed most of the day, Sunday as well. And even though on Sunday I was still testing negative, I was like, yeah, I've got it for sure. You just, you just felt like you, um, you had it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, <laughs> it's all good. I've, yeah, I had to quickly search guitar tabs for my Sharona because I had that idea in my head so you're welcome humans <laughs> <laughs> ever talented with the uh the guitar but i suppose uh yes at least it's uh been a, a very busy uh weekend with the uh many wrestlings going on yeah it's it's kept me occupied man because i haven't left the house since thursday so because like my my missus got it uh, i haven't been i haven't left the house since bowling night thursday so even though I was testing negative, I didn't want to risk it. So, yeah, thank God there's been wrestling shows on because I'd be bored out of my bloody mind. Yeah, quite quite the uh, offering as we'll, uh, we'll get to <laughs> in a moment. But uh, I suppose the question that is on all the human lips is, did you buy Jim Crocker Promotions Presents Ric Flair's final match? Did I watch it? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> not exactly what I said, but uh, I suppose we can get there shortly. I'm not admitting on this podcast to anything I may have done that's illegal. So I'm, <laughs> so I'm going to say, no, I didn't buy it. <laughs> Did I uh, accidentally watch it? Yes. I just uh, clicked a link and it was there, okay? I didn't do it on purpose. <laughs> Oh, goodness. We'll get there shortly, but I suppose uh, gaming-wise, you uh, <laughs> told me something exciting that happened to you playing Four Guys. Oh, what? Um, the the new bundle? No, before that, that you uh, had a oh, big yeah. win. Yeah, so um, it was like last Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Like, last Tuesday, I got my first ever crown on Four Guys. And then the next day I got another crown. And then on Thursday I got a third crown. Won it. The final round was hexagon too. I fucking oh. won hexagon. Holy shit. Um, <laughs> Don't have a bitch. <laughs> the, the other two times I won the final round was uh, Fall Mountain. Um, which I, I find the racing ones a lot easier than like... <laughs> jumping up and down and 
the hexagons and the barrel one I struggle with when it speeds up. But yeah, yeah. yeah so um, thanks to old Chris over here, I've just been punching out games of Fall Guys just because I enjoyed his Fall Guys streams. Yeah, um, we need to uh, tag team now that we have the uh, the new limited I'm, edition I'm, bundle they put out. <laughs> I'm thinking Friday night, man. I'm thinking Friday night. Um, yeah, Shotgun Undertaker. <laughs> Just pitch, pitch me, like, you, you can't see me, but you can hear me on your stream. Just like, I'm the Undertaker, and I'm going to take down this door dash. This door, <laughs> will it break? It broke. I've taken the soul of this door. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've seen the bundle because like, I'm like, oh, I wonder what's in the shop on stream. I'm going, ooh, WWE bundle. I'm going, like, you can buy them individually. And I've gone, oh, it says like there's an emote with the pack. So I've looked through and <laughs> it's like um Xavier Woods playing the trombone, like how he yeah. does New Day Rocks. Yeah. So, so after stream, I've purchased it and I've equipped <laughs> The Undertaker. And then I've equipped that emote, so it's Undertaker <laughs> playing the trombone. Yeah, I've got that too. Um, I think it's even funnier if you equip the celebration of the Undertaker and you somehow win as Asuka. <laughs> and she, she does the Undertaker's celebration. Um, oh. I'm yeah. the Kabuki warrior. <laughs> um, uh, I suppose no. we should... Uh... Yeah. Stop talking about Twitch that'll happen this weekend, but uh, yeah. talk more about uh, WWE and wrestling that we're here to talk about. Well, we can talk about Taker again later. Because <laughs> <laughs> he showed up this weekend, surprisingly. Like, holy shit. But, yeah. yeah. Now he's... Uh, we'll get there, we'll get there. Uh, do you want to start off with Raw from this past week? <laughs> no! Um, but, let's just but, Dynamite. But yeah, let's... <laughs> Uh, let's have a look at Raw. Let's quickly brush through it, because I don't remember at all. A rare TV taping from the Garden. Yeah. They often uh, broadcast from Madison Square Garden, so that that I found odd. Uh, so we see Drew McIntyre defeat Fury via DQ. Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre then defeat Sheamus and Fury, along with Butch and Ridge Holland in Sheamus' corner, because of course it does. Mysterio's defeat Judgment Day. Damien Priest and Finn Balor. Clean. Um, what was happening on Saturday, Alex? Can you remind me again of the, the pay-per-view match on Saturday? <laughs> the Mysterio's versus the Judgment Day. But it's going to be no DQ. I could have sworn this match did end in DQ, but I could have sworn there was a chair involved, but I think yeah. that was the post match. The results say otherwise. Yeah. I, like I said, I barely remember this show. <laughs> yeah. So uh following on from the Mysterios is Alexa Bliss defeating Doodrop with Nikki ASH. A weird tag team pairing of AJ Styles and Dolph Ziggler defeating Alpha Academy, Chad Gable and Otis. The Bloodline uh, main event, Jay 
and Jimmy Uso with Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman in their corner, defeating Riddle and Street Profits, Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford in around 20 minutes. I thought an enjoyable episode of Raw, although very forgetful. Yeah, um, I I think it was okay. I, I honestly can't remember it at all. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I do not remember at all. And I do know that I watched all the go-homes for um, SummerSlam. So, yeah, I don't remember anything. How about AW Dynamite Presents Fight for the Fallen, Night One, Worcester, Massachusetts? Yeah, let's talk about it. Okay, so we kick things off with the AEW interim title match of John Moxley, the interim champion, defending against Rush, who has Jose the assistant ringside, goes 13-27, where uh, Rush uh, isn't pinned, he hasn't been pinned in over a year, but rather uh, passes out and the referee calls for the bell, so he doesn't submit either. Yeah, good match. Great match, yeah. actually. And this is the um the thing we were talking about last week with um Ring of Honor. I would have had done with Serena Deeb, just had the yeah. ref call for the bell, have her pass out in the um submission hold because it protects her more than her submitting yeah. as a professor. We see the FTW Open Challenge where Ricky Starks defeats Danhausen in a minute thirty, calls for another challenger right away, and who answers it, Alex? Uh, Hook. It, it's yeah. Hook. <laughs> it's Hook. Hook. It's Hook. Yeah. Uh, amazing match. Goes a minute 30 again, but Hook getting the win here over Ricky, who's just had a match. Yeah, great stuff. Um, and then, yeah, like... Ricky's just this night made Ricky Starks, I thought. Yeah. Sign of respect between the two men. Taz is on commentary talking up like a proud father moment. And then yeah. you know, Hobbs is ringside um consoling Ricky uh post match. Shivani's in the ring to do an interview and Powerhouse Hobbs attacks Ricky Starks and Team Taz explodes. Fantastic. Great. Uh, I'm, I've seen Ricky Starks' work as a babyface when during that initial NWA power period when NWA power was awesome and you look at who they had and it was like Ricky Starks, Eddie Kingston, Thunder Rosa. Um, it's like, oh, yeah, those people I enjoy on Dynamite. But, um, yeah, Ricky Starks as a babyface is fantastic. Hobbs is a heel works um yeah this is gonna be good this is gonna be really good we saw sammy guevara with tay conti defeat dante martin with blue sky pretty good match not sure about the connection between dante and blue sky yeah that that was sort of random i thought yeah Uh, a two-on-one handicap match where swerve defeated smart mark sterling and tony nice yay yeah, an alright comedy match. Thunder uh, <laughs> Rosa defends the AEW Women's Championship against Mayu Yamashita. Good work! And in your main event of Daniel Bryan's return match, Daniel Garcia defeats Brian, uh, 
yeah, Brian Danielson. I think I said Daniel Bryan there. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so did William Regal. So did William Regal quite a few times. <laughs> I like um. So yeah, Garcia getting the win here via referee's decision. I like it in the first match. Like uh, Jim Ross brings up, you must be happy with Blackpool Combat Club, Mister Regal. You've got all <laughs> oh, the yeah. gold. And Regal says. <laughs> No word of a lie. I'm happier than a dog with two willies. And JR's res- re- immediate response is, I like me two willies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, maybe someone should tell JR that. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else of note was there? Because I did take a few dynamite notes. As I um bring them up, was there anything that stood out for you other than yeah the hook win? Ah, uh, that was huge. Um, yeah, that was a big moment. Uh, they also announced the trios championship. Oh, that's right, I remember. Which is good. Like it would have been good like six months ago if they announced it, but now it feels like it's a bit too many belts. Speaking of too many belts, I like that sit-down interview they finally did with Puck. Oh, wait, no, just another 30 <laughs> seconds. Yeah, yeah. Um, him beating someone in in England and they didn't even bother to name who he beat. <laughs> like, talk it up that you're going to air the full match on Dark next week. Yeah. That Pac's having these defences and say you're going to air the full match on on um yeah on dark or dark elevation as part of your agreement with pack doing these defenses in indie promotions yeah this belt means nothing the ftw championship means more than this belt yep um yeah we also set up jericho challenging moxley next which is fine i guess yeah this whole moxley interim reign has done nothing for me <laughs> Ah, uh, you, you, you just aren't a Moxley fan. I feel like. Yeah. Because yeah. you hated his first run too. Yeah, maybe, maybe because it's. I don't know. It's to, to be fair. Done. To be fair, he should fuck off with the bleeding. I feel like. He bleeds every other match, and it just needs to calm the fuck down. Yeah. Yeah, that's it, too. Yeah, like, like Cody Cody used to cop so much hate for it, but Moxley does it more than Cody ever did, and he doesn't cop any flack for it. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah. For me, thumbs up, Dynamite. Yeah, um, uh, you, thumbs up from me, too. Did you make time for... Friday March Smackdown coming to you from Atlanta, Georgia. Uh yeah, I saw bits of it. <laughs> saw bits. <laughs> Reported dark match of Raquel Rodriguez defeating Shayna Baszler. A WWE undisputed universal number one contendership <laughs> good old fashioned Donny Brook match. Where Drew McIntyre defeats Sheamus in twenty five thirty, Shotzi defeats Aaliyah in three twenty, Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey team up to defeat Natalia and Son- Sonya Deville in eleven thirty, the Viking Raiders Eric and Ivar defeat the New Day, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods, 
in your uh, televised main event, and the reported dark match main event was AJ Styles defeating Happy Corbin. AJ's not even on SmackDown. What the fuck? Um, this yeah, has been going on for months, though, where people aren't on said brand but appear anyway. Yeah, uh, they're in town, I guess. Um, yeah, uh, not much worth talking about. Drew and Sheamus was good. A good old-fashioned Donnybrook. Um, <laughs> I, I don't hate the name of that match. It's just so over the top, but it kind of works for Sheamus, so I'm fine with it. Um, yeah. yeah, this this show was definitely missable. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. Um, do you have time for Rampage? Uh, I didn't watch it this week, but I'm happy to talk about it. Okay, I just uh, I sort of sped through it myself. We saw Best Friends Chuck Taylor, Trent Brer, and Orange Cassidy defeat the team of Jay Lethal, Satnam Singh, and Sanjay Dutt. Nice. Ethan Page made quick work of Leon Ruffin. Lee Moriarty defeated Matt Seidel. And in the televised main event, Anna Jay defeated Ruby Solo. So there are starting to do a lot more trios matches. Yeah, now they've announced this uh, trios championship is coming. Yeah, I did see that Lee Moriarty turned heel and joined Stokely Hathaway. I mean, good. Yeah, fine. Um, Having baby. Yeah, generic baby face Lee Moriarty did nothing for me. Doesn't matter how good you are in the ring, get some character. This should help. Yeah, unless you just want to be generic, low-card person. Yeah. So... It is time for the pay-per-view. Alex, did you watch on Fox 8 or did you watch uh, via WWE Network? I forgot forgot about Fox 8, actually. No, I watched it on the network. Everyone forgets about Fox 8 since they uh, (laughs) did the rebranding of uh, a lot of the Foxdale channels and now it doesn't air as much as it used to that was good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I watched it on the network. Okay. Nothing of note on the pre-show. Did you catch the pre-show at all? No, I did not, no. Okay, so even a sick, a sick Alex wasn't desperate enough to watch the uh, <laughs> the pre-show. To, to be fair, I didn't wake up until, like, I literally woke up at, like, 10 o'clock on the dot and immediately, like, put the network on. Oh, so you caught all this live? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so coming to you from Nissan Stadium, not Arena, Jimmy Smith. (laughs) In Nashville, Tennessee, home of the Tennessee Titans. Nice. I mean, it's odd to see, first of all, a July SummerSlam and an outdoor event that isn't WrestleMania. Did you see photos of um, the crowd and you can see on the hard cam side that there was literally no one on it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That. yeah uh, the re- the stadium was basically half full. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, don't know why they the needed MC- it. At least the MCG was two thirds full. Yeah. It was just pretty much the, um, oh, it's not the Olympic stand, it's not the members stand. Uh, whatever the punt road end is, 
was basically all tarped off. Yeah. But I digress. We kick things off here with your Raw Women's Championship match of Bianca Belair, the champion, defending against Becky Lynch. Goes 15.07. I believe it was like a, um, oh, what was it, like a, a falcon arrow or something into the KOD? It was a Spanish fly. Spanish fly, that's it. Yeah. Into the uh, KOD. Uh, Sunday night, or oh, I think it was Sunday night, I watched this with you again on stream on Discord because I wanted to see, like, hear your immediate reaction to um, what happens after this match. Yeah, uh, my lone criticism of Bianca's match, which I wanted to save until we were live, she's sort of really selling the arm at the start, and then she goes and she's doing all these powerlifting moves by the end. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it, she it, does it, that quite a bit too. Like just just a bit more consistency in that yeah. would be better. Um yeah. so yeah, post match here, sign of respect between Bianca and Becky. So Becky's uh face turn, we hear music. It's the return of Bailey. Yeah, uh, cowboy hat emoji was my immediate response. And you got blocked by KR. <laughs> <laughs> and I got blocked. No, um, yeah, that was cool. And then we hear music, and I'm just like, why are they using this music for somebody new when they just released her the other month? Because <laughs> I've had that song on repeat because I'm just thinking of, hmm, what could I do with her in WWE 2K22 since she's been released? Yeah. Turns out she's not released anymore, but she is now with Bailey. Dakota Kai has returned. Yeah, that was just shocking. <laughs> just surprising, but the rumours going around all weekend was Triple H is bringing back people that got released. And I guess... Like, Dakota being the first person he brought back is a huge, like, that's such a great sign, man. I'm so excited. Yeah, we're st- I haven't got Raw on at the moment, but I'll fly through that uh, shortly. We um, are starting to see some of the changes with the new reg- regime, and please, either somebody control Kevin Dunn, or... <laughs> retire him because we don't need like so many camera cuts there was one match on the pay-per-view where it was like two seconds cut two seconds cut two seconds cut (laughs) yep no please don't yep Uh, exactly so we have Dakota out with bailey but we also have the genius of the sky eo shirai or eo sky now um the genius so, of the Shirai. <laughs> so Jimmy Smith like immediately calls her EO Shirai. And then like the rest of the segment, Corey Graves is calling her EO Sky. And spoiler alert, I watched a bit of Raw today. Oh yep. And J- Jimmy Smith is still calling her EO Shirai and everyone else is calling her EO Sky. Yeah, get in. So um, um so it's, like, really obvious that, like, at first I thought, oh, Corey Graves fucked up her name. No, it's Jimmy Smith that's fucking up her name. Is there 
any reason why the name change? Probably easier. It's just a easier name for people. I mean, if Jimmy Smith is able to say it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Um, so my problem with Io Shirai is the amount of people I've seen, like, call her low Shirai because EO looks like a lowercase L and an O. Yeah. Yeah, like, I've seen, like, YouTube videos of people like, oh, low Shirai and stuff like that. <laughs> so they've thrown in a Y, I-Y-O now, so it looks less like low. So now it looks like, it literally looks like EO now. So they've made that easier for people. Um, the Shirai part, I guess, they just wanted a name that's a bit more easier for the white people of the world, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, but as I'm just bringing up the, the roster here. Uh, but I feel like that's... the yeah. word, the last name of Sky is the female equivalent to wrestlers having the last name Storm now. Like, there's a fair few Skies out there. Velvet. Sky Blue was just on Dynamite. Uh, Now you got EO Sky. Like, yeah, yeah, Sky, Storm. Yeah, Sky is just female Storm. Unless you're Tony, then... (laughs) But yeah, these three together just looked so badass. They looked great. Yeah, so they make their way to the ring. They have a um a face uh, a stare down with um Bianca, and as they're doing that, um Becky returns, and they sort of you know think about it, but then bail to the outside and uh, leave. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Uh. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I see it, and it's all capitalised as I uh, see it here on the roster. Yep. I Y O space S K Y. Yeah. At least they didn't put an E in it, like S K Y E. Yeah, whatever. It is what it is. Uh, we go back over the SummerSlam. Yeah, a uh, really good first. Opening match, really good thing to get things going. It, it felt know, it felt like black and gold NXT. Oh, not gonna lie, the way the match was booked, the way the thing happened in the post match, it felt very, very much like Triple H had his hands on this. And then, because I'm watching um on delay, I'm going, yeah, whatever. I don't need to watch these uh, video ads. <laughs> I'll fast forward through. Uh, go, <laughs> no, go back. You've got to watch maximum uh, models. <laughs> Hydration. <laughs> oh man, the fucking water ad with Mansoir and Marseille and Maxine and Max Dupree. Oh my god, so fucking funny. Like at one point they had their water bottles and they're like splashing each other with their water bottles in slow motion and it it was seriously just that scene from Zoolander where they're having the the gasoline fight at the petrol station. Yeah, that's all it is. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. It was a good 
it was a good little homage. I loved it. I thought it was so stupid and hilarious, but and yeah, the gimmick is kind of like what the fuck. But if they're gonna do shit like this, this is entertaining. This is stupid comedy. I love it. Now the thing is, was this a legitimate uh, brand sponsorship, or is this just like a made-up uh, brand for them to do? Nah, this it's it, it's a legit thing. Like really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some f- they've they've advertised this water on a few pay-per-views before too, but we skipped through it because it wasn't as entertaining as this was. What was the thing Nakamura and? Uh, Boogs were doing for a while. Uh, like traveling the countryside in some SUV or something. Yeah. So yeah. at least that that sort of stuff you go, oh yeah, that's cool. At least you can turn not... that into a vignette. Like that's a commercial that can be a vignette. Like here we are driving this car around. It's our awesome fucking Toyota, what you may call it. And th- this <laughs> is why Camaro. we're friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can you know, roll? Oh, yeah. Goodness. At least it's not a KFC honey mustard gold. Oh, God, here comes Enzo. I'm going to oh, ding this chicken. What the fuck? <laughs> At least it's not bloody. Just last month with Alexa Bliss and Lily and that credit card commercial that got booed oh. out of the arena <laughs> because everyone thought, everyone thought it was going to be a vignette. And it ended up being a commercial at the very end, and everyone just booed it. Do you remember at Super Showdown in Melbourne? Because where the pay-per-view, I think the next two pay-per-views after us, if I'm remembering correctly, was Evolution and Crown Jewel. And Crown Jewel was first. Uh, I think Evolution was first, actually, yeah. Because they did Evolution before Crown Jewel to take the heat off of them of doing Crown Jewel. <laughs> but do you remember, like, they had Daniel Bryan either... Yeah, Daniel Bryan might have won a contenders match at um, Super Showdown. Anyway, they're showing, like, the match graphics for what's coming up next. And it's like, Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia, but the majority of people are booing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although you oh, go and watch man. that back on the network, that part's cut out. Yeah. Uh, I haven't gone back and watched Super Showdown on the network. Like, uh, I've gone... The next day, I went back and rewatched the buddy match, and that's it. Yeah. That's it. I, yeah, that buddy match, I've rewatched a heap of times. The rest of it, not so much yet. Uh, I also, like, rewatched the entrance of the Shield, because you can see me... <laughs> when they're going through the crowd. Uh, yes. Okay, uh, following the Maximum Male Models, we have our second match of the night. The Miz with Champa and Maurice. Whereas I like to say, Mizpa is like a rip-off version of Mizdow in his <laughs> same attire and everything. Oh, God, man. Champa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um... Spoiler alert, they're, they're rehabbing him. You can tell Triple H has taken over. But, yeah, they've done a good job on Raw this week of, like, yeah, yeah, he's still, like, friends with The Miz, but he's also a badass. <laughs> uh, versus Logan Paul. Now, Miz comes out with a chain and, a like, a, um, a sealed Polaroid 
of him giving a skull crushing finale to Logan Paul. Yeah, this is Dave. like a a play on Logan Paul's um what was it, Pikachu at WrestleMania? Uh holographic Charizard. Holographic Charizard, that's right. Like worth like one point uh four point five million or whatever it was, yeah. Yeah, if you have one. Some ridiculous amount of money. Uh this I'm gonna say it was a really good match. Fucking great, man. Not a lot I of even messaged, interference. I, I even messaged Boric and I said, you know how much I love Cody? I wouldn't hate it if the day after Cody wins the belt, Logan Paul beats Cody. <laughs> <laughs> that I would. <laughs> uh, I'm ready for a Logan Paul fucking title run. Okay. I'm ready for it. So at one point, Champa gets caught by the ref gets told to get off the apron. AJ Styles' music hits. Champa just stands there in fear. Oh, this is the point where I told Kevin Dunn to retire because Champa is uh, ringside. AJ Styles runs through the crowd, jumps on the barricade near the timekeeper's area, does a phenomenal forearm, but we miss it on the camera and on the replay. So this is where I think they should have had this match come on before Becky and Bianca. I almost think they should have opened with this match because the Becky and Bianca match set the precedent of like the post match, like, Oh, people that have left the company might come back. Who knows? So when they're setting up the whole, like, Oh, Trump is getting like kicked out and it's like, no, I'm not going anywhere. I'm like, Holy fuck. This is, the spot you got Champa and Maurice outside. <clears throat> Here comes Johnny Gargano and Candice, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that's exactly that's exactly what I thought was going to happen because they've given the precedent already. Like, oh, people that have left might come back. <laughs> so, but then it just it's just AJ Styles and like normally that'd be fine. I'd be okay with that, but. In this particular instance, it felt like a bit of a letdown. Oh. Yeah. Um, from there, uh, yeah, so AJ and Champa are brought to the back. Maurice gets up on the apron. Uh, Miz goes to use the Polaroid, almost hits Maurice. Logan Paul throws Miz to the outside. They um, brawl. Logan clears off the table, lays Miz on it and does a pretty much near-perfect frog splash onto Miz, and he sort of flops over into Michael Cole's lap, uh, ringside. Yeah, perfect. Back in the ring, Logan Paul, do you remember what he hit as uh, his finisher here? Yeah, the skull-crushing finale. (laughs) Yes, indeed. One, two, three, Logan Paul wins. So far, we are two matches in. Hell of a pay-per-view. Yeah. Uh, from there, because I was watching on uh, delay, so there was a fair bit that I decided to skip. Uh, if I've missed over like any interviews or that in between that you think are noteworthy, just um, jump in. No, you haven't, and you won't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, didn't Kane come out at some point? Oh, yeah, I missed that. Uh, I think I went to the toilet or something. I missed the end of the Liv and Ronda match and I missed Kane coming out. 
And if okay. people didn't boo him, I'm pissed. <laughs> I deny. I, I miss that as well. Uh, so we go to our third match of the night, United States Championship match that sees Fury the challenger, but he has money in the bank and has vowed to leave this pay-per-view as both United States and undisputed Universal heavyweight champion. <laughs> yeah. Taking on Bobby Lashley, uh, who is United States champion. They put his little... Uh, posing blocks halfway down the uh, entranceway because we are in a stadium. And yeah. there's some guy behind him who looks like <laughs> Tugboat in that red and white striped top, but it's not wide enough to be Where's Wally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, he's a he's a larger man, and he yeah. is just going nuts for Bobby Lashley posing. <laughs> yeah, good. And somewhere good. Vince is going, look at the beef. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, old uh, Shockmaster there enjoying the show. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it was good. Uh, Bobby Lashley's entrance was like, that was main event shit. Like, he looked like a star. It was great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so this is a, a short match, and Bobby makes very quick work of Fury here, getting the win in 442. Yeah. Uh, anything else to add on that? Uh, nah, nah. It's, it was a mad match for me. Okay. I, I I enjoyed it myself. I thought so far we're three matches in. We've had three pretty good matches. Alex thinks yeah, that's like, a, a rather mad match, but I thought it was it was what it needed to be. It was a, a power um power showcase for Bobby under five minutes in and out as champion. I'm not saying it was a bad match. It was just like, oh, it, it was it was good. It was just, it just didn't do anything for me. It just, like, whether it happened or not, like, it's just a completely forgettable match. Well, have I lost you again? Hello, you there? Yeah. Okay. From... <laughs> Glares today, humans. Uh, we apologise. Yeah. Our internet providers are doing servicing in the area. So <laughs> uh, we go from there to the point of the night where I thought this pay per view fell off a cliff. We get to the no disqualification tag team match that sees the Mysterios, Dominic and Ray versus the Judgment Day members, Damian Priest and Finn Balor with Rhea Ripley ringside. And to kick things off, the referee is asking for one in the ring at a time and enforcing tags in a no-DQ tag match. Weird. This match dragged. Yep. It went 11 minutes, but it fucking dragged. The and best part about this whole match was Rhea Ripley. Like On the outside, yelling? Yeah, and just like... She's sort of like the China of this faction now. Like, That's like, a very good point. And like her presence outside of the ring is great. And like her doing the stuff and she's basically the muscle for a group full of men. Yep, yep. You're not wrong there. Uh, for me, credit to Rhea. Credit to the, the guys in the match trying to make something of nothing, but this sucked, and then you have 
the entrance. And it's like, what's one of the greatest Attitude Era themes of all time, Alex? Uh, the brood. And <laughs> wouldn't you know, he decides to ruin that. <laughs> yeah, I, I could barely hear it, to be honest. Uh, like, I like could tell it was like the... a remix, but like I could barely hear it because the crowd was making noise for a change. Yeah. Uh, so, Edge returns, creepy vampire, bi-case, gothic, demon entrance, new haircut. Yeah. Looking very DDP of the 90s. He looks like PC Principal from South Park. <laughs> yeah. yeah. With his too. glasses on and and the facial hair grown out, particularly around the chin. Yeah, he looks like PC Principal. Oh, goodness. Um, I don't get why the return here. I don't get... <laughs> Dude, I, I, I fucking I fucking watched his return promo on Raw and like we'll today? probably tell Yeah, and we'll delve more into it like next week. But he's like, I've been away for months and I've just been plotting my time and I feel months. like months. I was like, he literally what? missed he missed one pay per view. <laughs> I also like how everybody was like, No, the fiend's still coming. It's like, you idiots, that freaking video was this. Yeah, like, like, why are they showing fucking, like, Dudley Boy's glasses in a Fiend video? And they're like, oh, oh Bray Wyatt had a, had a match with the Dudleys towards the end of 2014 or something. And it's like, oh, yeah, sure, sure, yeah. Because they're just going to show things that make you think of one, like, peculiar match from a year that no one cares. <laughs> like, come on. Um, uh, yeah, but it was, um, I'm just watching Raw now, fucking Edge, just all over <laughs> it. Um, <laughs> and it's like, oh, he's all spoopy and shit now, and then he comes out on Raw and you think you know me on this day. It's just Edge again. <laughs> Fuck me. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This match sucked balls. <laughs> There's no other way to say it. This match just sucked. Oh man, the judgment day is the worst. And I feel like people are finally starting to, re- to come around on my opinion that Finn Balor's not actually good. <laughs> because Finn's a good wrestler, but good he has wrestler. no character depth. Yeah. For WWE, no. for major promotion, he has nothing going for him. He he has an innate lack of charisma, particularly in the WWE. And I know they made him the leader of this faction. Yeah, and the and I don't think this faction is the problem. I don't think Finn is the problem. He's just been like poorly booked. Like like they they've barely given any airtime since he became the leader of it. Like I still don't fully understand why he decided to join them the night after he was fighting him. Um, it makes no sense. I still don't understand why Damien Priest kicked out his leader who beat Finn Balor in that match to make the guy that his leader beat the replacement for his leader. Like, Edge pinned Finn Balor that night, and then the next night, oh, we're getting rid of Edge and keeping Finn. 
makes no yeah. sense. Um, but but like I feel like people think Finn Balor has it because occasionally he pa- paints himself, like occasionally he puts on some body paint and it's, and it comes out with a cool little entrance and they're like, oh, he's so charismatic. No, that's just putting on some cool clothes, basically. Like, I can wear a nice suit and people be like, oh, yeah, yeah. No, he's so charismatic. No, I'm not. I'm just a bland guy in a suit. Fuck. Um, like, yeah, yeah, that, that's my issue with Finn. There's just an innate lack of charisma. I don't get him. And now he's 40, 41, I think, 41 or 42. It was his birthday the other week. And it's like, uh, do you cut bait on him now? Because he's a bit old now. Didn't um Bobby cut a promo a few years ago when he was facing Finn around WrestleMania time and he lost a title to Finn? And he just said, well, fine, I'll just wait until you're not the demon to beat you. And he did that. Yeah. And he won. Yeah. <laughs> and they never explain wh- why he's just not the demon all the time. Uh, so stupid. Um, they just yeah. they just need to say like, oh, the demon drags energy from Finn Balor's soul, so he can only bring it out a certain amount of times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, from there we go to. Uh, Pat McAfee versus Happy Corbin. No uh, wide stripe Seven Nation Army for McAfee this time. No, um, fucking knockoff, fucking Jimmy Hart WCW cover of White Stripes, basically. Like when Jimmy Hart used to do do like Pearl Jam and Nirvana covers for people's entrance themes in WCW. This was the Jimmy Hart version of Seven Nation Army. Um, yeah, pretty much. What and they had a they, they had a choir. Jump. Yeah, they had a choir singing bum ass Corbin <laughs> before the entrance too, which was like I guess it was fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um. What did it say on the back of his singlet here? Because. I was trying to read it, but I couldn't get a good shot of it. I didn't even say it. Okay, it was like small font, white hashtag something on the back of his um, black singlet, but I couldn't get a read on it. McAfee, very athletic. And I love that, um, like on commentary, it's during this match, it's um, uh, Cole and Graves. And Graves says, I liked it better when you didn't have an opinion. Uh, Cole says, well, that's changed. A lot of things have changed. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that was good. Um, I was going to say this was probably my favourite night of Michael Cole's commentary in years. He was so good. He was good on, uh, was it, Beast in the East? Oh, yeah, yeah. What what do we have in common with those shows? No, Vince. (laughs) No Vince in his ear, ear yelling him, yelling at him what to say. Um, yeah, and like on Raw tonight, like Corey Graves and Byron Saxton, Byron in particular sounded so much better. Like, like Byron was like 
actually saying what the audience is thinking instead of saying what an old man wants the audience to be thinking. Yeah. 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 Um, I thought this was a really good match. Uh, during the outside, like, Corbin pushes down Cole, and Cole goes, get the hell away from me. Focus <laughs> on him. Because yeah, he's, like, calling the match unbiased. He's calling in favour of Pat McAfee, because that's the SmackDown team. And Graves yeah. is just there to go, you know what? When I started, I was room, rooming with Corbin, so he's cheering on Corbin. Yeah. And that was a really good dynamic to see on um, commentary. Like, Graves yes, and Cole have always had great chemistry. I still don't understand why they got split up. Yeah, but that and, like, these two commentators, like, the face commentators are going, you know, I'm cheering for him because, you know, he's my teammate. And Graves is going, well, I'm going to cheer for him because he's my old roommate. So it's justifying why they're doing this. Yeah. Uh, at one point later in the match, McAfee springs up from the mat onto either the second or the top rope. Yeah. Uh, and, like, launches Corbin off the top. There's a spot where Corbin's on the outside near the rampway. McAfee climbs the top, sort of wobbles, but still manages to dive off onto Corbin. And, yeah, really good match at 10.40. McAfee getting the win here over Corbin. I just want to say, I just want to ask you, yeah. thoughts on Pat McAfee as a wrestler? Improved a hell of a lot. Because I remember there was a point in time, particularly like during that Adam Cole feud, where you couldn't stand him. And yep. I, you know what I think it is? It's he's such a great baby face. He's a really good baby face. Yeah. Like he, him as a heel, like even though he is obnoxious and loud, him as a heel just weirdly doesn't work even though on paper it should but him as a baby face is this obnoxious loud just fun loving baby face it's great it's like it's like the one time a baby face who just wants to have fun actually works remember a few wrestlemanias ago 35 where he's wearing the jorts and there's a oh. story of michael cole telling him Go put uh, pants on. He told Michael, basically, get fucked. I'm going home. Yeah, and Vince yeah. goes to him, what are you doing? I want to wear I want to wear shorts. I know what that is. That's hip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he had, like, Michael Cole on his podcast, and, his, and Michael Cole's like, don't bring up the shorts again. I'm sick of talking about this with you. <laughs> you get over it, man. Ah, <laughs> uh, goodness. Yeah, because yeah. Pat McAfee was like, oh, well, if you, you're not going to let me wear shorts. I, I'm i not doing this for the money. I'm a multi-millionaire as it is. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Who are you guys? I am Gavin Ham. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so from there, we go on to our last few matches here, all championship matches for the Unified Raw and SmackDown Tag Team Championship with special guest referee. J E double F J A double R E double T. Ha ha. Slap nuts. <laughs> Ain't he great? Ain't he great? Um, Chosen one. Wow. Now, now, now. Yeah. Uh, he's so. He, his arms looked ridiculous in this match. Because <laughs> he's wearing like a referee singlet, let's be real. Um, 
So it is. What he he should have come out in his old like like um, mid nineties double J top, <laughs> the, the thing with the with the just the strings of fabric going down, but like each like strand of fabric is black then white then black then white. <laughs> Like his uh, 90s country music singer J- Jeff Jarrett attire, except with alternating black and white strands. Yes, <laughs> indeed. So it is the Usos, Jimmy and Jay of the Bloodline, defending their championship against the Street Profits after, at last month's pay-per-view, uh, Ford got his shoulder up at the two count and the ref was our position. Uh, this is a really good match. Jarrett's been incredibly... Uh, neutral, just calling for one at a time. Early on, uh, the Usos have one of the Street Profits in the corner, and he's counted five, pulls the Uso out, goes, you've got till five. Then it's reversed. The Street Profits have the Uso in the corner, does the same thing, pulls the Street Profit member out and says, you've got till five. So he's calling it right down the middle. And I love it when Jared referees, because that's like one of the ways he got into this business, at least at a national level, was being a referee. He's really good at it. He's really fucking good at it. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be opposed to him doing this a bit more, but with like a being... main of a main event referee. Yeah. Like but... like uh like every now and then they would bring in like Mick Foley or Shawn Michaels as a special guest ref for the big, big matches. Do that with double J. Yeah, you've got him there. Might as well do something with him. Um, exactly. It was during this they brought up on commentary, uh, like it being roughly 20 years ago since the um the first TLC match between the Dudleys, the Hardys, and Edge and Christian. How many of those six men still work at WWE? One, two, two. Okay, and how many of them are still active in the business elsewhere? Uh, the ones not in WWE? Yeah, the other four are still active elsewhere. Uh, yeah, yeah, is... pretty much the only one that's not active is Devon. That's crazy. He's with WWE, isn't he? Yeah, but as a producer, I meant like. Active, oh, as a wrestler, active. yeah. Yeah, because like all of them have like done in ring stuff this past week except for. Except for Jeff and um, Davon. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's nuts. Uh, anything special you want to note here? Because I thought this was a really good match. These teams both have good chemistry, but there's nothing to stand out if you've seen a uh, bunch of uh, the Uso Street Profit matches. I'm done with them, man. I'm done with the <laughs> Usos. Like, I'm just You're so one and done. I'm one and done with them. No, I'm about 57 and done with them. Um, yeah, I've just, I've seen enough of their shtick, man. It's just, it's grown very tired. Oh, but it's a great stick. I'm sure you'll be asking for an encore later on tonight. Oh, yeah, of course. Okay. <laughs> so, yes, the Usos <laughs> get the win here. Clean win. Jared counts the four fairly. And, yes, the Street Profits are done. Who's next for the Uzos? 
from there, we go to your co-main event of the evening. It is for the SmackDown Women's Championship that sees Liv Morgan, uh, the champion defending against Ronda Rousey. Liv, of course, defeating Ronda last month at Money in the Bank to win this championship. Commentary brings up early on how uh, Becky and Charlotte are the only two other women to pin Ronda Rousey in WWE. The third being Liv Morgan, who achieved that last month. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this is a lot of Ronda trying to work over Liv's arm. At one stage, Liv's being checked on. The match continues. Liv gets Ronda in a high stack here, whilst Ronda still has the arm bar on. And the ref is looking at Ronda's shoulders. One, two, three, and counts the four for Liv. And on commentary, Cole talks, Ronda was pinned, and Graves is talking, no, no, Liv tapped. And there's sort of this confusion here. And they go to show a replay, and you can see the referee's hand hit the mat. One, two, and Liv taps before three. And this causes Ronda to lose it. She attacks Liv. She attacks the referee. She just loses it. So they talk a possible suspension here for Ronda Rousey coming out of this event, which uh, may give Ronda a bit of time off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe a bit of time off to work on getting rid of her ring rust because somehow she's wrestled more in the last two years this run, but she has more ring rust than she's ever had. She's belt to bell has been horrible this run, so hopefully she gets a bit of time to work on it. Yeah, it's not yeah. good. Uh, your main event of the evening sees Roman Reigns uh, ahead of the table, travel chief, leader of the bloodline, along with Paul Heyman. He is your WWE Universal Undisputed Heavyweight Champion taking on Brock Lesnar in a last man standing match. Now, do you want to describe how Brock makes his entrance? Yeehaw, Cowboy Brock coming out on his tractor, fucking insane. Um, my immediate first thought was, oh shit, they're because they've got the um, action figure line that has, like, the wrestling figure with a vehicle. Have you seen those? Because um, they had one. Years, no. They had one with, like, Drew McIntyre and a motorbike, and they did that whole gimmick where Jinder Mahal trashed Drew McIntyre's motorbike. And then they, there was um, Big E came with a four-wheeler, so they did that gimmick where... Um, Seamus destroyed Big E's four-wheeler. They've done it before. Like, Braun Strowman came with an ambulance. Like, this just screams, oh, the next toy that's coming out is Brock Lesnar in a tractor. Yep. Oh, yeah. goodness. Uh, so, I'm I mean... fine with it. It's smart. It's smart. And this actually, like, added to the match. It didn't subtract from the match. So I was fine with it. Yeah, comes out with his big, big red tractor, gets in the scoop, and is standing in it like just posing as um the referees, uh, the ring announcers doing the introductions. And we begin. He just jumps on Roman. There's going to be a lot of plunder that we missed during this match. Uh, so apologies, but yeah, uh, you know it's going on. Uh, at one point, they um. Oh, where are my notes? Oh, yes. 
So they begin to brawl out ringside. It looks like Brock might get the upper hand here. And then the Usos sort of come out to help Roman. There's your encore, Alex. Yeah. Big surprise. Yeah. Uh, later on, Roman sort of looks to be beaten down. And this seems like a perfect spot for Theory to come down. He blasts Roman with the title briefcase, turns around to a referee. He's dragged down, sort of goes to hand him the briefcase. And the ref is asking, are you sure? Are you sure? Which leads to, I think it's Brock who comes in and hits him. Yeah. So the cash-in is never official. Fury's just sort of laying there ringside. Later on, Roman and Brock are back in the ring. Roman's sort of laid down by Brock in the ring, which leads to Brock getting out, getting back in the uh, tractor and using the scoop of the tractor to lift up the ring in the, um, if you're watching the hard cam, the top left corner post, which results in Roman trying to get to his feet falling backwards and spilling out of the ring towards the bottom right corner post. <laughs> this is the reverse ring explode. Yeah, this was great. And it just provided such a crazy vis- visual for the rest of the match. I mean, if you're sitting in that corner with ringside tickets, you're kind of pissed because now you're just staring up at the screen for the rest of the show. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Um, but it wasn't that long. It wasn't that long after that spot. So they um continue to brawl, brawl around the outside. Roman's just hitting Brock with everything he's got: title belts, number of spears, double team super kicks by the Usos. You know everything, and Brock just keeps getting back up. And Roman is just pissed and lays him out. Picks up like the announcers' table and just. Them and the Usos just start piling shit on top of him. And <laughs> at one point, the referee's just counting. Counts to 10, you see in the background, one of the Usos still walking around for the ring steps and just sort of bros it on top after they've won. Yeah. Um, as far as last man standing matches go, this was good because it was unique. It was entertaining. The fact you had a tractor out there made it fun. Brock at one point does lay out um, Paul Heyman and sort of in the post-match, the Usos like have uh, Paul, Paul's arm around one of their neck each and they're sort of carrying Paul to the back. And when yeah. Paul sort of comes to, he sees that Roman still has both titles and is like overwhelmed with happiness. Yeah. Uh, there's also like a closing split second shot of Austin Fury sort of getting to his feet and grabbing his briefcase as he's sort of surveying what's happened and deciding whether or not to try to cash in now or just leave. Yeah. Uh, overall, really good pay-per-view for me. I, I enjoyed this. I'm going to say uh, five beers. Yeah, uh, I'll give it five as well. I loved the main event. It was an absolute train wreck, like in a good way. It was like like after the match, just the visual of the ring being destroyed, everything around it being destroyed. Like, just like you just saw Godzilla versus Kong happen. And it was great. I loved it. I thought it was great. It was a match I did not care about coming into this. And it was easily my match of the night. Um, Yeah, I, I loved this show. It was a great show. It felt different. It was just, it didn't feel too different. But there's, like, there's change. There's change happening. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, for me, for me, the only negative is that Mysterio's Judgment Day match. Other than that, really, really good show. Alex, did you make time for Conrad Thompson presents Jim Crockett Promotions presenting Ric Flair's last match on fight? I did. Starcast? I did. Um, uh, quickly, I will touch on the roast of Ric Flair, which I also watched. Yeah, um, go ahead. It was like we all know what a roast is. It's a bunch of people on a panel take oh, turns. I thought and... you were going to say it's a good Sunday dinner. Actually, I've got a butch- butcher's delivery coming in about an hour, and there is a big old beef roast in there. I'm excited. Um, I'm so excited actually. So we better wrap up soon. But um, yeah. but yeah. Um, basically, like a roast is like people on a panel take turns of like making fun of the guest of honor, and then at the end of it, the guest of honor takes his shots back at everyone that's spent their their night taking shots at him. So this ended up being like half comedians, half like wrestlers like the wrestlers of note there was like a old announcer from world-class championship wrestling like it was a announcer that used to ride with rick flair in the 70s um it was brian nobs um like how did brian nobs get booked on a show that hulk hogan wasn't on um, nasty boys <laughs> yeah uh there was eric bischoff ddp Tory Wilson. Um, I think there was more, but yeah, that, that's just off the top of my head. Um, and then like the comedians went pretty hard at Ric Flair and like everyone on the stage, Vicky Guerrero was also part of the panel actually, but then like the rest and Bully Ray, of course, how can I forget Bully Ray? Cause he gets up and he goes, he gets up and he says like, Oh, I know like, a roast. I know everyone's like come up and made fun of everyone here, but like I can't do that because I love this person, I love that person, I love that person. And he says, Ric Flair, I love you. And then Bully Ray sits down, basically. It's like, it's not the fucking point of a roast. <laughs> then, like, like Tori Wilson took shots at Ric Flair and she was fucking hilarious. And she's like, the amount of times you've tried to hit on me and I've knocked you back and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then like Eric Bischoff had like a bit of it but then he sort of like was really nice to Rick and then at the very end like Rick Flair just cried for 10 minutes and like thanked everyone <laughs> instead of like making fun of anyone it was like alright like this this would be a pretty good Hall of Fame induction but like this was meant to be a roast I wanted to hear Rick Flair make fun of people I wanted to hear Ric Flair cut a promo on Eric Bischoff of trying to fire him all those years ago. Um, yeah, so that was disappointing to say the least. Um, some comedians went way too far. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, one comedian like basically got up and said, oh, nice to see all the black people on this panel. <laughs> um, no, but seriously, I haven't seen this many middle-aged white dudes since the last time I went on a field trip with Chris Jericho's wife on January 6th. 
Which I thought was hilarious. It was a bit far, but yeah, then like one comedian made some suicide jokes about the Von Erics and he just got booed off the stage, basically. Good. Which, yeah. Because, like, that world-class championship wrestling announcer was one of the guys that found one of the Von Erics, and he's standing right in front of him and making suicide jokes. Oh, jeez, that's not good. <laughs> no, no. And if it wasn't such, like, an old man, like, he probably would have got his head punched in. Um, so, yeah, that, that was what it was. I, Did you watch anything else of the... Um... The Star offerings cast. of the Starcast. Yeah, I yeah. Know, I know that um, Paige Ha had a show. I haven't seen the Paige one yet. I saw Brian Danielson with Renee, was Renee Paquette, former Renee Young. That oh, was a good. I good thought one. for a moment you were going to say Renee Dupree. Oh, I wish. I wish. <laughs> um, I'm still begging for that Renee Dupree comeback. Um, but yeah, that was good. I watched um, the Four Horsemen reunion and was um, hosted by Tony Schiavone and it had Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, Barry Windham, and Lex Luger, which was cool. Um, cool. Yeah, it was good. Uh, <laughs> that was actually a really like cute moment with Lex Luger, where like, like at the end of all these things, they like bring fans up and they ask questions and this. One fan goes, oh, Lex Luger, I've always enjoyed watching your work because the way you sell, it's, like, really believable. You sell so great. I've always, and your charisma on promos, I've loved it. It's always felt really realistic. And I just wanted to know, like, how come you never got into movies? Because with your looks and your charisma and your ability to sell, I thought you'd be a big movie star. And then Lex Luger grabs the mic and he goes, Man, you're full of shit. <laughs> like, he goes, you gotta be jo- you gotta be having me on, right? I, I was a horrible seller. <laughs> I was really bad at selling. I I could barely cut a promo. Like, no, no movies ever tried to get to me. I wasn't that good at those things. Uh... He goes, I I had a great body and I made a career out of it. I'm not saying I was ever a good wrestler. <laughs> I disagree, Lex. I thought you were great. Um, but, yeah, so that was a highlight from that. Um, There's also, like, you could definitely tell, like, the rumours of Ric Flair and Arn Anderson not getting along anymore. It's, like, very true. <laughs> like, they were sitting very separated from each other. Um, and apparently a lot of it has to do with the fact that Ric Flair's a pisshead again. <laughs> After all of his health problems and Arn Anderson's, like, fucking get your shit together, dude. Come on. Um, uh, there was another one I watched. I can't remember. Uh, I was um Chris Van Vliet with uh Claudio Castagnoli. I had a great little thing, and then there was a major wrestling figure podcast live show, which was pretty good too. But let's get into the main event. Um. Ric Flair's last match. Let me just quickly pull it up. Who appeared on the um the figures 
show. Oh, uh, yeah. So um, on the figures show, uh, the special guests, um, well, the the unofficial mascot of the major wrestling figure podcast, uh, Hornswoggle, was there. Um, then Dan Housen came up for a bit, and him and Smart Mark had some words, which was fun. Because of their, you know, feud in AEW. And then Miro came up, which was cool too. Oh, cool. And um, Matt Cardona just basically talked about how um, his job for a while in WWE was basically do house show loops, work in dark matches with the people getting called up from NXT, and he would come backstage and give the thumbs up or thumbs down. <laughs> and Matt Cardona said, I gave you the thumbs up, Rusev. Ah, uh, Miro, like, you're welcome for the career, brother. <laughs> and, oh, and, God. And Miro's like, uh, go back and watch my um, debut vignettes it, before he got called up to the main roster. Notice that I have, like, a little bruise around my eye. I never noticed it before, and then they shown it. He's like, yeah, that's because this motherfucker, his broski boot is a shoot. <laughs> Working house shows with him. And like Brian Myers just goes, oh, yeah, yeah, he doesn't know how to work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. Uh, from there, let's get to it. The event you've all been waiting for. <laughs> Kim Crocker Promotions presenting Ric Flair's last match. Pre-show, did you watch? Because I've only seen highlights of uh, Flair's match, full disclosure here. So I didn't see the first match on the pre-show, and I saw, like, the last five, ten minutes of the Bunkhouse Battle Royal. Okay, so pre-show sees Ren Narita defeat Yuya Yuramura. Now, what is a Bunkhouse Battle Royal? So it's a thing from Jim Crockett Promotions in the 80s that they used to run around in the late 80s. And it was, so the thing was, it was like a tour that they would do. Like they, the Great American Bash didn't used to be a pay-per-view. It used to be a tour, like a loop that they would yeah. run for like the entirety of July. And then the bunkhouse was like, I think it was like January or something. And it was just, a loop and for like a month and each show would be main evented by a battle Royal. Each winner of the, those battle Royals would enter like at the end of the month, the bunkhouse battle Royal. And it would be like 20 people that had won a battle Royal. And the winner of those battle, the winner's battle Royal is the bunkhouse battle Royal winner. It's so fucking convoluted, but it's basically a tournament of battle royals. <laughs> Fair enough, then. Um, um, yeah. And then one, one year they did a, the final battle royal was a battle royal except in a steel cage. So Wait, you what, had what? you had to throw people out of the cage over the top. Oh, God, that sounds terrible. And they uh, would always but, wrestle in, like, jeans, cowboy boots, like, bunkhouse clothes for some reason. Oh, goodness. So this yeah. is one called Manders, yep. Adam Priest, Big Damo, Blake Christian, Brian Myers, Bully Ray, Crimson, Crowbar, Effie, Gringo Loco, James Storm, Joey Janela, Jordan Oliver, 
Carl Hero, Commander, uh, Matthew Justice, Ricky Shane Page, Sin Bodie, and Wolf D all lose to Mace Warner. Mance Warner, yeah, um, not Marseille. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, this is fine. Um, it was okay. They did a whole like GCW invasion thing. That's why half the people in in this battle in this battle royal are GCW people. Um, yeah, it was pretty good. Like Bully Ray went nuts in this match, like eliminating a fair few fucking people, which was odd. Yeah. But yeah, um, was yeah, this was the fine. match where uh, MDK or F and Day turned up? Yeah, he showed up. Yeah, um, man, imagine if if it was Ric Flair versus Nick Gage. Oh man. Oh man. I mean, I mean, that'd work for both guys. Nick likes to make people bleed, and Flair likes to bleed. Uh, hang on a second. I've... Benji out. Okay. Yeah. Um, it would satisfy both Rick and Nick's needs. Rick and Nick. Oh, man. How <laughs> cute. Yeah. Uh, now, following that, the tag team match of presented by Impact Wrestling of the Motor Sig Machine Guns, Alex Shelley and Chris Saban defeating a reformed American Wolves, David Richards and Eddie Edwards. How did they go teaming together, consider one's for Team Impact and one's for Team Honor no more? It was just all good. <laughs> they just pretended like it never happened. Um, yeah, no, they oh. were just fine. Uh, that, they worked as heels, which was weird. Oh, wait, so Davey worked as a heel? Yeah. <laughs> okay, um... Fine then. Uh, now, the following match sees Davy Boy Smith Jr. defeated by Killer Cross with Scarlet Bordeaux in his corner. Dude, this was horrible. Really? Was, like, how long does it say the match went for? 5.22. Dude, it was a squash. It was wait, just wait. killer squash Davy Boy Jr. Yeah, it was fucking horrendous. He was like no selling everything Davy Boy did and just beat him. Why, dude? It this was, was no horrible. second event, and why are you squashing someone like Davy Boy? Why aren't you putting him in there against a young line to squash or some random guy from GCW or the Indies that's on this bunkhouse brawl? Dude, it was fucking horrendous. I don't understand it. Um, uh, Killer Cross's like indie run this this time around has just been horrendous. He's struggled to get any momentum. Everything I've read from every show that he's showed up on, uh, it was fucking awesome when he came out and then the match was underwhelming. It's exactly what happened here again. Um, and that's what I've always thought about him in general. Great entrance, matches underwhelming. Yep. Oh, goodness. Uh, from there, we go to a Progress World Title Number One Contendership four way match. Hey, remember when this was a thing? Oh, man. Yeah. Progress? 
talk of the indies. <laughs> I, I didn't even realize this was a progress number one contendership match. Okay, well, it goes to show how important it is. As yeah. Be, uh, Alan Angels, uh, Koseki Takeshka. Yeah, I can, still have trouble with that name. Kinosuke Takeshita. You did the last name right. Was, yeah. Good work. <laughs> I'm getting better. <laughs> and Nick <laughs> Wayne all lose to Jonathan Gresham. I suppose is now the, uh, the time to talk about Jonathan Gresham and Ring of Honor. Apparently, he legit, like, tore Tony Khan to shreds after the Claudio match and legit said, I was ranked number 20 in the PWI 500. I deserve better. Yep. That is the exact quote that's been spread around. Like, oh, come on, dude. Don't be such a fucking mark for yourself. Come on, man. I did then, hear the uh, PWI 100 thing. <laughs> no, that's like like um, Sean Ross Sapp has reported it. So anything Sean Ross Sapp reports, I pretty much, I pretty much like think is gospel because it's usually fairly accurate. Um, yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, so yeah, he just needs to get his head out of his ass and then like. His Mrs. Jordan Grace has sort of been burying herself a little bit by acting similar ways on Twitter as well. Yeah, they've become quite a toxic little couple. Toxic little entitled couple. But, man, at least Jordan Grace has height. (laughs) That's no good. As I look at the, uh, the top 20 here, we see Kenny Omega, Roman Reigns, Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre, Kota Ibushi, John Moxley, Will Ospreay, Finn Balor, Shingo Takage, and Rich Swan. Rich Swan is tenth. What? Is gonna... How? Fuck. I don't know. We'll get there in a moment. Uh, Cody. Cody. My, my favorite number has always been number eleven, by the way. So I'm pretty happy with that. <laughs> right. Randy Orton, Big E, Darby Allen, uh, Tatsuya Naito, Karrion Cross slash Killer Cross. <laughs> Ultimate Guerrero. How old is Ultimate Guerrero now? I don't know who that is. Oh, okay. I thought it was one of the uh, crew Guerreros that you might have known. Sawama, Chris Jericho, and Jonathan Gresham. I mean, if you're going to start pulling PWI ranks, maybe Tony Khan should call a favor and call Rich Swan to be the next contender for the Ring of Honor belt. (laughs) Exactly. One, exactly. How the fuck is Rich Swan that high? <laughs> but one, they do they PWI, do it off kayfabe. Yeah. PWI is kayfabe and I'll always take it with a grain of salt, whoever's number one. Yeah, just, like if you're gonna brag about any award, brag about an observer award or something like that. That's what I'm just about to pull up. Uh which I don't think he ha- got any last year. Because why would he? <laughs> Like, he's a great wrestler. It's just, what is he missing? I can see, I can see why Tony didn't feature him that much. I can see if this is the, um, the uh, what do you call it, um, attitude that he's going to have. Is, yeah. <laughs> so what? You're ranked by one magazine. That's not even fan awards or 
Um, no, it, it's a magazine that's award. going. It's it's ranking the people by their like on-screen wins and losses. Yeah. Yeah. And like okay. putting like a grading it on a curve, like oh, how many main event wins and shit like that. So the, yeah. I think that's why Rich Swan ranked so high because he main evented a lot of Impact TVs. Twenty twenty one, yeah, when he was champion before Omega defeated him. That's a good point too. I'm just yeah. looking through here. Uh, that's company. That's company. That's match of the year. Probably not. <sighs> No. No. Uh, MMA, that's not him. Category B Awards, most outstanding in North America. Still not him. What about the Brian Danielson Technical Wrestler Award? Uh, I think I went past that, did I? That's Hang probably on, the, the one award that he would probably have a shot at. Brian Dan- oh, yeah, it's in Category B again. Because they redid all this. No, it's oh. Brian. Brian won it back. <laughs> yeah, nice. That's fucking awesome. Look at it. The last, it, oh, it, the last it person to win. It should be the Zack Sabre Jr. Award. Who wasn't Brian or Zach was he who should not be named uh, Kurt Angle in 02. Tanaka. And was that it? Uh, Tanaka. He who should not be named. Otani. Uh, uh, Malenko. He should. Yeah. yeah. So 05 to 13. Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, 14 to 2020, Zack Sabre Jr., 20, 2021, Daniel Bryan slash Brian Danielson. I'm giving it to Dax Harwood this year. What, technical wrestler? Yep. Ooh, okay. Uh, yep. Yeah, so the side tangent on Gresham, fucking PWI numbers do not matter. <laughs> Have you seen what they recognise as world championships now? No. Uh, pro. Hang on, I'll bring this up while we're talking PWI. Pro Wrestling Illustrated. As I have a look here, recognised world championships: NWA, WWE, Impact. Uh, WWE Universal, WWE NXT, AEW, AAA, Ring of Honor, CMLL, the All Japan Triple uh, Triple Crown Heavyweight Championship, the MLW Championship, uh, Stardom's World of Stardom Championship, the GHC Championship from NOAH, and the Impact World Heavyweight Championship, as well as the IWTV Independent Championship, and the Pan. African World Disappointia Championship of Fight One Club. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> apart from some of those Mexican and Japanese <laughs> titles, there's like two random American independent titles. Yeah. PWI, take with a grain of salt. Gresham. Yeah. I mean, progress is semi. Affiliated with WWE, I haven't watched NXT UK in a long time, so I don't know how the partnership's going. But uh, okay, whatever. Send him over to the UK and see how he goes. Yeah, fair enough, dude. <laughs> uh, I enjoyed Gresham, and then I heard about that, and I was like, uh, 
<laughs> wow. Wow. Of all the things to get upset about. You had yeah. a great you had a great match. People said it was a great ten minute match. You've been a great torchbearer for this company whilst it's been on hiatus. Not, yeah. What's next for me, boss? Um, do I get a rematch? Anything like that? <laughs> you know, uh, now that I'm not champion, can I come over to Dynamite a little? <laughs> yeah, what like a fucking mark for himself. Yeah, just yeah. being an absolute mark. Fuck. Idiot. <laughs> okay, back to the pay-per-view. The next match was a tag <laughs> team. Uh, what was it marketed as again? Tag team generational match or something? Legacy match, I think. Yeah. Uh, that's it. A tag team legacy match that sees Brian Pillman Jr. teaming with Brock Anderson, who have Arn Anderson in their corner, taking on Kerry Morton and Ricky Morton with Robert Gibson in their corner. How did this go, Alex? Uh... This was exactly what you would expect. Um, it was fine. Um, I thought it was badass. Like, Pillman Jr. and Brock Anderson came out with their Horseman T-shirts on um, from the era that Brian Pillman Sr. was in the Horseman. So that era of Horseman shirt. Um, who, just quickly, who owns the rights to the four Horsemen? I'm guessing WWE? Yeah, yeah. I guess oh you there conrad had yeah you there okay you you... dropped out for a moment you said so i said who owns the rights to uh the four horsemen and i said wwe and you said yeah and then you dropped out okay um yeah i guess like conrad had a bit of a working arrangement with the wwe through this show because like the Ric Flair highlight package did have WWE footage in it. Okay. Yeah, it also had Impact footage, and it. it was probably the most extensive like Ric Flair video package you'd ever see. Did we see um, the Hulkamania running wild tour footage in there? No, no I wish. I wish. <laughs> I want to see what it looked like, for fuck's sake. Um, yeah, so this was decent. Um Actually, no, it was okay. It was okay. It was not nothing too notable. The right team won. The people representing the horsemen at a Ric Flair show. Um, um, Kerry Morton looks good. Um, Ricky's now struggling a fair bit, but fair enough. He's allowed to. How much younger than he uh, than Rick um, Flair is Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson? Oh, that's a good question. Give me a second. Okay. Whilst uh, Alex looks that up, um, yeah, I, I'd be interested to see with Cody gone, will AEW like repackage Brian Pillman Jr. and Brock Anderson and I guess Griff Garrison into like a, a young up and coming horseman stable? Because oh, I'd, man, I'd that'd like be to good. see that. I'd, I'd love got... it too. I don't know if we need it, but yeah, that'd be cool. I'm not saying to make them the horsemen straight away, but you might as well do something while you've still got Arn and Arn's son there and turn it into yeah. like Arn's uh, coach for the next generation of horsemen or something like that. 
Yeah, yeah. How they never put Brock Anderson in the pinnacle when the pinnacle was clearly meant to be a Four Horsemen ripoff. Like, that's beyond me. Um, so, Ricky Morton is 64. Robert Gibson's 63. Oh, okay. So, hang on. I got it the wrong way around. Robert Gibson's 64. Ricky Morton's 63. And so Ric Flair's 73. Yeah. So they're around nine years younger than uh, Flair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to be fair, they've worked a lot longer than Flair, too. That's what I was about like, to bring up. Con- consistently, yeah. Yeah, may- maybe not at the uh, the level Flair has, but consistency. No. Like, they've just never stopped. Like, they're on their retirement tour. Apparently, Robert Gibson can't go anymore, which is why he's not actually in this match. He's just a manager. Um, But Ricky Morton said he's not retiring. It's just the Rock and Roll Express that's retiring. How long has that been a team? Hang on, I'll bring it up. Late 70s? Late 70s in the territories, I think. Rock and Roll Express, uh, AWA 83, maybe before that, but it says 1983 here that it's documented. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I, th- I thought it might have been 70s, but early 80s makes more sense. Oh, man. Yeah, no, that, that's crazy. Um. Most Gibson went under a different name on the Indies. Nah, nah. Um, so basically, uh, this match was fine. Um, as is the theme with this undercard, it looks yeah. so so good on paper. It kind of underdelivered. Okay, uh, following that, a four-way match that on paper sounds very uh, lucha libre that sees Ray Phoenix defeating Bandito, Laredo Kid, and Torus. Yeah, this is match of the night without a shadow of doubt. This was fucking insane. <laughs> uh, the best part is like on commentary, you got Tony Schiavone and um, and and uh, David Crockett, like the brother of J- Jim Crockett Jr., the former head of JCP. Um, yep. And it's like really obvious, like David Crockett has like hasn't really watched much modern wrestling and like you just hear him just losing his shit and some of the stuff that's happening <laughs> is like like imagine like uh you know you watch you used to watch wrestling in the 80s and then you haven't really watched it since and then you see a Ray Phoenix match that's what <laughs> happens that's what happened here and <laughs> And, yeah, he was just, like, losing his shit. And Tony Schiavone, like, the whole time is like, oh, man, I've been looking forward to this match all night just because I've been waiting to see David Crockett's reaction to Ray Phoenix. Um, How was uh, commentary with Crockett on there? Yeah, it was good. Like, because, like, David Crockett didn't really know much, him, like, not knowing much actually really helped, like, Tony Schiavone or... They would have like a third person on commentary rotating, say like like um Killer Cross versus David Boy Smith, they had Ian Riccoboni from MLW or like the Ring of Honor 
Oh, the Impact match, they had Scott Demore come on. They had um, Tom Hannafin come on, the former. Okay. Yeah. Um, and they brought in someone else for the AAA, like this Lucha match. And they would be, like, explaining things, and David Crockett would be asking the questions because he legitimately didn't know a lot. But because he didn't know a lot... It was like a really great chance for whoever the expert third came in to actually explain these people and it actually made it... It was a really good commentary dynamic. Okay. Because well, you got the characters explained a lot better because you legit had someone there that didn't know what was going on. Fair enough, then. Um, so who did uh, Phoenix pin or submit here, do you remember? Uh, I think it was Laredo Kid here. Um, yeah. they were really putting over Bandito though, and um, just some of the spots here, and like Black T- Taurus just doing some crazy shit, and David Crocker just being like, "But he's so big, <laughs> <laughs> he's so big, and is doing that." Uh, yeah, and, it and like if he certainly th- hasn't watched, <laughs> no, no, no. And then you think that's crazy. Just wait until we get to the Impact title match so I can talk about David Crockett watching Jacob Fatu for the first time. Well, that is actually next. It is for the Impact World Championship that sees Josh, Josh Alexander, the champion, versus Jacob Fatu to a no contest after 10-14 for some reason. All right, I'll we'll get to the finish in a bit. But Jacob Fatu has has a move called the Mighty Moonsault which is um, a play on words because the mighty Yokozuna. So how Yoko would be bouncing on that second rope to do the bonsai drop. Yeah. But but instead of, like, bouncing and dropping off, he bounces and jumps up onto the top rope and hits a moonsault. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Jacob Fatu is, like, easily, like, well over 300 pounds. Big dude. Big boy. Like, built like Umaga, basically. And he hits this... Umanga. He hits this, and, like, you just hear, like, David Crockett just, like, gasp and be like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. How how did he even know to try that for the first time? He's so big. He just kept going on about how big he was. It was great. It was great. Um, Like, just having the... Like, someone on commentary that has no idea what's going on actually helps the product. <laughs> it's so great. Um, if done right. This match was a really good match, and then the finish came when, out of nowhere, uh, Matt Cardona and Brian Myers attack both men. <laughs> Which, like, I, I'm always happy to see my boys, but come on. But I guess because this is an MLW main eventer up against an Impact main eventer, neither Court Bauer or Scott Damore could figure out who they wanted to get get over on this, so they just went no contest, thanks. <laughs> oh, yeah, bugger. classic interpromotional bullshit. But um, the major players beat down both guys. Um. Macadona takes off his arm brace and is getting ready to hit uh, Jacob Fatu with it, but 
uh, I can't remember. The beatdown happens and the babyfaces get the upper hand. And then out of, for some unknown reason, DDP jumps out of the crowd and hits a diamond cutter on Matt Cardona and leaves. <laughs> uh, it sounds so stupid. Yeah, it was kind of odd. It was very odd. Oh, goodness. Uh, so from there, the next tag team match sees the Briscoes. Jay and Mark Briscoe versus the Von Eriks, Marshall and Ross. How did this yeah. go? Yeah, like on paper, I was probably the most excited for this because I have followed Marshall and Ross a fair bit because I'm a Von Erich, Mark. I love their shit. Like, I love the original, the the Von Eriks in the 80s. I love going back and watching their stuff in WCCW. But, um... Yeah, this match was very underwhelming. It was very disappointing, to be honest. Uh, yeah, it just didn't click. Just didn't click. Just an uh, odd mesh of um, styles or something? Yeah, yeah. And, like, the Briscoes trying to work baby faces as well. They were trying to work oh. as baby faces. And the Von Eriks just... They have to be baby faces, man. It's the fucking Von Eriks. And the Von just... Eriks on... A... Jim Crocker promotion show should be baby faces yeah. in Tennessee, which is sort of that southern wrestling, yeah. sort of near Texas style, you'd think. Yeah, and like the Von Eriks were also trying to work baby faces, so it just kind of didn't work. Oh. It, like, and no one like knew who to cheer or boo or make noise for, and it was just a pretty dead match, to be honest, which is. A shame, because I thought this was easily the biggest stage Marshall and Ross have been on. Well, so yeah. Going from there sees the Impact Knockouts Championship co-main eventing that sees Jordan Grace, the champion, defeating Diana Perazzo and Rachel Avering in nine seventeen. Thoughts on um, this one? Almost immediately, Rachel Ellering ser- looked like she, she um, seriously hurt her ankle. Ooh. And then the match sort of fell apart from there, to be honest. It never That's even got good. the chance to get going. Um, yeah, she sort of just, like, did, like, a sunset flip, and someone le- and I think Deanna landed on her ankle in the process. Yeah, it looked yeah. bad. looked bad. Um, yeah, this match just didn't click, unfortunately. Like, three great women's wrestlers, but, yeah, just something didn't go right. Oh, well, that, that's a bit of a shame. And in your main <laughs> event, it sees Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett with Karen Jarrett in their corner taking on the team of Andrade El Idolo and Ric Flair. This My I caught God. most of. Now, um, what is the significance of the white and purple robe? Because Shivani was talking up something about the significance of it on commentary. It was his first ever robe. Oh. Yeah, so it wasn't the exact same one, but it was a remake of, like, a replica of his first ever robe he wore in the Nature Boy gimmick. Which was, like, such a cool touch. Yeah, um... Mind you, I didn't think it was a good-looking robe. Like, I just wanted to see Ric Flair come out with all the sparkles and the glitter and the boas and the feathers and stuff. But, um, 
Yeah, that, that was cool. Um, Jeff Jarrett's entrance, man. Did you see his entrance? No, I missed that part on uh, the highlights I was watching. So this dude just comes out and he is just a fucking heat magnet and bothered. And like he comes out and there's like a slight round of applause when he comes out because they're in Tennessee. It's fucking Jeff Jarrett. Like they're in Nashville where he started TNA, where his father ran a territory for years. Um, So he comes out, he gets a bit of a pop. By the time he gets to the ring, the entire arena's booing him just because he's working the crowd the entire way from the ramp to the ring. And the way he just, like, masterfully just turned his own hometown against him in that, like, one minute it took him to get from the ramp to the ring, it was a fucking masterclass, dude. It was just unreal. It was absolutely unreal the way he did that. And he pretty much just got in the face of every single person like sitting by the barricade on the entrance ramp and just tore a mold to shreds and like just telling them to go fuck themselves and shit like that. And just like, and then by the time he gets to the ring, everyone's booing and he takes off his jacket and he looks like a million bucks, man. He looked so good physically. I'm ready for Roman versus double J. <laughs> now, I noticed that uh, Conrad was sitting ringside. So who exactly was uh, in charge of like uh, producing this show, I assume, then? So they actually had credits for this show at the end of this. Okay, I did not <laughs> see that on my highlight version either. So, so did you know who the other producer was? Uh, Shivani? Oh, you didn't know? No. Oh. <laughs> you mean... Uh, <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Yeah. Road Road Dog was the executive producer. And, like, yeah, the credits, like, shown, like, they did, like, the old school 80s style, like, Jim Crocker Promotions credits, too, which was cool. Um, Because, like, Jim Crocker Promotions and WCW are basically the only wrestling company that ever does credits, has ever done credits. yeah, so this is cool. Ric Flair comes out. He's got his robe and like he's sort of doing his pose on the ramp. And then he turns his back to the camera and then like opens up his robe and then turns back around. And it's the original, original uh, NWA big gold belt. Like Why the original. Ha- yeah. John, why did he have uh, the big gold? Oh, just, it's like the original, original version. His fucking son-in-law owns it, <laughs> like bought it because his son-in-law is like a collector of like um, ring-used belts. And yeah, I he came out with it as sort of just like a legacy item, I guess. Like, like doesn't matter who's doesn't matter who's the world champ like this belt is always rick flair's and it's true like that belt is the rick flair belt if you don't think of rick flair when you say that belt particularly because it was the one with like this 
the brown leather strap. Like, yeah, it was great, man. It was it was a good touch. It was a good touch. Mm. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head when I think of big gold. Yeah, it's always mm-hmm. flair. You think of Great Carly, obviously. <laughs> you think when you think of true world heavyweight champions, <laughs> you think of one man, <laughs> Ray Mysterio Jr. Yeah. When you think of true heavyweight champions that held the big gold, you think of David Arquette. You think of Vince Russo. <laughs> Eric Bischoff? No. Even nah. he didn't do that. <laughs> no, even he wasn't that silly. Um, I suppose, uh, speaking of uh, world champions, we do have another WCW big gold world champion in this match. Yeah, Double J. Yeah, across the ring from him. Um I'll let you run through this match because you are such a big fan of uh, NWA and Ric Flair, and I'll uh, just chime in when I need to. So, um, basically, like, this match is segmented into two portions in my brain. It's yep. pre-Blade and post-Blade, right? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and pre-Blade, fucking amazing. I thought it was great. Ric Flair looked good. Uh, yeah, Flair looked great. And then once the blade came out, like, it just fell apart. Did you feel the same? Yeah. 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 Like, once he started bleeding, it was almost like he couldn't move anymore, and it was fucking unnerving and terrifying. It was like like, he'd uh, lost all his energy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like... Like, if a diabetic bleeds, like, it's really easy for them to lose all their energy a lot quicker because, you know, blood's a very, a much more valuable resource to to someone that is a diabetic or has heart issues. And Ric Flair has heart issues and he's bleeding all over the joint. Yeah, maybe someone should have told him no. Uh, The entire build-up to this show on Ric Flair's podcast, he kept talking about, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to do my my flare flop, land on my face bump, you know, the signature Ric Flair spot. I'm going to do my spot where I try to come off the top rope and someone slams me off the top rope. Thank God he didn't do any of that. <sighs> he didn't do any of those things. So someone got in his ear and told him, no, it's a bad idea. It basically took one bump. It was a suplex from Jay Lethal. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head now. I can't think of... Um, no, most of it was like... he took. Most of it was like strikes and he would like crumble to his knees or something like that. Being the only proper flat back bump he took was a suplex, which is fine. I'm fine with that. And to be honest, like that suplex had me cringing. So... <laughs> Yeah, I was fine with it. Um, He barely did any of his signature spots. Like, he had his chops, obviously. He chopped, he did his figure four. He didn't do his knee drop, he didn't do his flare flops, and I'm fine with it because I don't know if I want to see a 73-year-old man jumping up in the air and landing on his knees. Yeah. Um, I thought they did a good job. Jeff Jarrett worked his ass off as a heel here, just getting heat. Um, 
it kept me interested in this, and they did very little, to be honest, in this match. And then they sort of go outside, they brawl around the ring, Jeff Jarrett steals Karen Jarrett's sh- shoe and hits Ric Flair in the head, he's ble- bleeding all over the place in front of Mick Foley, The Undertaker, and Bret Hart, which was odd. <laughs> it was like, there's this great photo someone took of like Ric Flair bleeding and in the background you just see the Undertaker looking disappointed staring at Ric Flair. <laughs> Have you seen that one? Yeah. Yeah. It's like good. I'm glad the Undertaker looked disappointed and did and didn't look happy and thought, oh yeah, well if he can do it till he's seventy three <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm glad he looked I'm genuinely happy he looked disappointed and didn't look at him like oh man that looks great looks like a great idea Conrad Conrad presents The Undertaker's last match well apparently in the uh, post-match press conference or something he wanted um, Foley he was talking to Foley about doing another match or it was like during one of the um Starcast events he was talking to Foley about doing another match. Oh god. Oh please god no. So Starcast it seems might be turning into a touring event of wrestlers last matches. Oh god. Oh who's he got under his banner? He's got a McFoley podcast, he's got a Matt Hardy Road Dog podcast, he's got Regal. Jeff Jarrett, he's got Regal, he's got Angle. Kurt. Kurt Angle, shit. Shit, Kurt Angle will do a whole tour. Atlanta. Last match ever. It has to be Atlanta or Pittsburgh, but it has to be Atlanta, surely. Um, I'm fine with it being Kurt Angle and no one else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I'm positive Kurt Angle is at least in some form of, like, fitness or health. Do you remember <laughs> the match against Baron Corbin? Uh, I don't, and that's why I want him. <laughs> I don't, and that's why I want him to have another crack at it. <laughs> like, who could they get that's not in WWE to be his last match, though? Ah, uh, to be fair, we never would have guessed Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal for Ric Flair either. So, there's no point in guessing. Um, no. uh, this was uncomfortable towards the end of this match. Like when. Like, um, Conrad Thompson throws Andrade the fucking brass knocks. Hang on a second. Oh, yeah. That was, uh, not good. Um, he throws the knocks, and then, um, Andrade hands it to Ric Flair, and it almost, yeah. it almost looks like Andrade had to wake Ric Flair up to give it to him. And, Rick just wasn't moving and Andrade had to pretty much lift him up and push him in the direction of Jeff Jarrett to hit him. It was Jeff Jarrett, wasn't it? I think so. It, yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't good. Lethal no. for being as vocal as he was, wasn't in this match a lot. No, no. Um, It was just like him and Andrade would do spots in between Jeff Jarrett and Ric Flair doing things. Like, him and Andrade would do as many good spots as they could while the other two were catching their breath. Yeah, that's what it, it sort of uh, seemed like. Yeah, yeah. So, like, 
Andrade hit a fucking sweet reverse, like Poison Rana or whatever they call it. And on uh, Jay Lethal. And like they do stuff like that, like the little flippy things while Ric Flair's catching his breath and gets back in. Um, yeah, Ric Flair wins with the figure four. Did you notice something about this figure four? How they did the, the classic pinfall for the figure four? Yes. You, you notice that Rick, both of Ric Flair's, Flair's shoulders are down. Clearly down, too. I was like, holy shit, it's a draw. They're going to do a fucking draw and we're going to run it back. (laughs) (laughs) Five more minutes. And five more minutes. (laughs) And then Ric Flair's music hits and I'm like, oh, okay. I guess Flair's shoulders weren't meant to be on the ground. He just wanted to have a little nap. Poor, poor Nate. Um, and then he cut like a post-match promo and he said this one really uncomfortable line just out of the blue where he goes, everything you've ever heard about me, it's all true. <laughs> okay, thanks, Nate. <laughs> um, Ric Flair, uh, not many people are saying or hearing very nice things about you this past year, dude. You sure you want to say that? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, fire up the helicopter. Um, <laughs> now, was Charlotte in attendance? I assume so. I mean, just not ringside. Just not ringside. I assume so. Um, like it was photos like backstage of um, who was it? It was Boogie Man. It was um, <laughs> no, not the Boogie Man. Um, it was a backstage photo of uh, Ric Flair with Ray Mysterio and Dominic. Ah, yeah. They were both there. I assume, like, backstage there was a heap of WWE people because uh, they were in the same town. Um, at one point, like, Mick Foley cut a promo in the crowd, like, earlier on in the night saying that, oh, I'm with my son Hugh here and he thinks this is... And we both agree this is so much better than SummerSlam. Oh, oh okay, Mick. Oh, okay. Doesn't his other son work for WWE still? Did. Did. Oh, okay. He got yeah. fired. Yeah. Yeah. So, of course, they think that. <laughs> um, if you're Tony Khan, do you make a call for Mick Foley to come <laughs> to AEW to do something with Moxley? Oh, man. Because it Uh, went so well for WWE doing that. Dude, actually, that's probably Mick Foley's last match, right? Moxley. (laughs) Moxley isn't afraid of doing shit on the indies either. Like, he'll do shit outside of AEW, so... He just can't really while he's camp. No, well, I watched a GCW show from the weekend. Um, Not that notable of a show. That's why we didn't bring it up, but... He defended his GCW title against Blake Christian. Ooh. Yeah, it was a pretty good match. But um, he had a fucking match in Nashville over the weekend with El Desperado, and he went through barbed wire. Yeah, I've got to watch the rest of that. Um, I haven't seen show. it. I haven't seen it yet. But, yeah, I saw a clip online. I was like, what? There's fucking barbed wire in New Japan? Yeah, I it's um, Despy and Mox, and I'm just like, 
fucking deaths be main eventing? Get in. Yeah, yeah. I'm fine with it. I'm absolutely fine with it. But what is Moxley's obsession with Suzuki Gun? Like, <laughs> like whenever New Japan's in America, like, he just strictly feuds with Suzuki Gun guys. Um, is that his last match? <sighs> Suzuki's final matches with Moxley? I'm not against it. Um, no. I, I want Suzuki versus Ken Shamrock in some capacity. Just saying. Um, <laughs> anyhow, Maybe on Fugs. <laughs> it could happen. It could feasibly happen at some point. Yeah. Um, anywho, um, Ric Flair's last match. Um, Event? How many beers, I guess, because it's a pay-per-view? Two and a half. How, like, and everything what, in between the matches was great. Production value was good. Uh, arena looked great. Lighting, production, stage video package. Stage looked great. Video package was good. Uh, the commentators set, like, they had the old school Jim Crocker promotion set behind them, which was fucking awesome. Such a great touch. Uh, apparently, Conrad Thompson legit bought the actual set they used to use in the 80s because you of know, course con- he did yeah because he's fucking rich and is a massive mark so why not fucking jealous um and yeah like everything was great i think the card on paper looks great the only thing that went wrong is that all the matches basically under delivered yeah I think it's no fault of the promoters. I think it's no fault of... Yeah, it's just each match, the wrestlers didn't bring it for some reason, or the, the chemistry was wrong, or maybe it is the promoter's fault. Maybe they booked the wrong people, like the wrong styles against each other. But well, I can guarantee that Wolf Machine's Gun match was wrong. <laughs> wrong yeah. timing for it. Yeah, yeah, that was wrong. Um, that match wasn't even good either. Like the machine guns didn't even have a good match. Um, yeah, but, like it was like the but, best match was easily the lucha match, then followed by the impact title, which was ruined by a shitty finish. Oh jeez. Um, for myself, thumbs down for the Ric Flair match <laughs> because it was uncomfortable towards the end there. It was fine until Flair spilled to the outside and was busted open, and yeah, then yeah. Like at the start of the match, really he was get like back to his feet once he got back in the ring after that. Yeah, yeah, and at, like the start of the match, he's like trading headlocks and head scissors, all that sort of shit, armbar, armbars and stuff like that, arm locks, and looked good. But then, yes, like it was a little bit slower, but it still looked good. Yeah, yeah. It was exactly what we were talking about last week. How I said, oh, Ric Flair said that, you know, he's as good as he ever was. He's just going to look slow. <laughs> well, yeah. that's exactly what it was for the first half of the match. It's just, yeah, the blood came out and it just, yeah, it was odd. And we basically went off the air with like Jay Lethal meeting Ric Flair at the top of the ramp and giving Ric Flair a hug. Okay, cool. I'm fine yeah. with it. Oh, Ric Flair holding the big gold belt as we go off there too. So that's fine. Like it didn't need to be a banger or anything. The main event, it didn't need to be a banger, but every single match on the undercard really needed to bring it. 
yeah. to allow the main event to sort of just rely on the nostalgia. And yeah, unfortunately, that's not what happened. Ah, oh, man. Uh, so what's coming up this week? Do we have a pay-per-view? I don't oh, think so. Got... No, we've got a pay-per-view. What we've have got... we got? We've got AEW Presents Battle of the Belts Free. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we uh, we both uh, decided not to do G1 this year. <laughs> yeah, thank God. I haven't, hey, had, I haven't had a chance to see a second of it. Pay-per-view every single weekend of G1. Yeah. Ring of Honor, then, then this, then next week, Battle of the Belts, and then probably something after that. Probably Impact yeah. Plus or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. Uh, so what is going on over on Smack It Down, and uh, where can the good humans find that? Well, uh, you can find us at uh, Sid underscore pod on Twitter. Um, search us up wherever you get podcasts, Smack It Down podcast. We're going to be recording a new podcast when tomorrow night, so that's Wednesday night. It's Tuesday here at the moment as we're recording. So there should be a new podcast out by the end of the week. Um yeah, uh, I have no idea what we're going to do. I can't reuse my My Sharona jokes, so I'm going to have to come up with something interesting. Uh, to sure announce. you can. I'll just release this after you've recorded. <laughs> oh, man. But, um, yeah, we'll get together and we'll do a new podcast coming out by the end of the week, which will be good. Um, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, at Fruities Alex. You can find us at WrestleOzStyle with an AUS. Search us up on Facebook, Wrestling Ozstyle. You can find Chris at... At Aunt Chris Funder. Come watch me game three nights a week on Twitch, twitch.tv slash chrisfunder. You can go back and listen to the entire Wrestling Star archive for free on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or using the RSS feed found in the show notes below for your podcast of choice, including Apple. Nothing left say, but... Good day, and we'll speak to you next time. Undertaker looks forward to seeing you Friday now, Chris. Are you you ready to hexagon to hell? Oh, yeah.